Wow. And all three of those are absolutely incredible. Um, we had obviously the call from the massive, massive upset of uh, Mark Diakis over Dustin Poirier. We had Hoist Gracie reborn with the amazing, the amazing Kimura sub of Charles Oliveira on Francis the Predator and Ganu. And we had your fantastic call um, of one of the greatest fights in league history. The two reptiles, Daniel Cormier and John <laughs> Jones, the two sons of bitches, giving us the greatest gift. And honestly, John, your call is one of the best gifts that I've ever received. So thank you so much. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough to, to choose a winner here. Well, uh, let me just say, first of all, th thank you for that. I appreciate those words. And, uh, and I just want to give a huge shout out to AJ uh, of the Nation of Domination. Um, having him in the booth with me to, to call that fight was so unbelievably special. Um, literally the entire fight, if you go back and, and listen to the fight and watch the fight, um, just, just such a joy, such a joy to call that entire fight. So many moments throughout the fight, um, seeing Daniel Cormier with full lizard brain, brain multiple times throughout the fight. Um, the cameramen completely stoic above the arena, barely moving. Um, and then of course the end of that fight, just, we were calling it, we were calling it the entire time, um, if John Jones could just the thought of John Jones caressing the back of your neck with his hand to get you in the clinch is the scariest thing you'll ever see. Um, the drama with the submissions and the lag. And of course the AC in the arena going out. So uh, hot. Yeah. Just all of those moments really, it, it all came to a head at, at the end of that fight. And uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't, uh, I didn't have any of that planned, but when it happened and I saw John Jones being pulled off of DC by Eve Levine, it, uh, it came out because it's true. You know, these two sons of bitches just gave me, just gave the greatest gift that a man could ask for. And uh, I rewatched that fight often, even with no sound because it's just such a good fight. So crazy. And then I got to commend you on, uh, on Charles Oliveira <laughs> completing uh, the greatest upset in league history. And of course, the, the call, the most iconic call heard around the world, Hoist Gracie reborn. Um, <laughs> Hoist <laughs> Gracie reborn. Such a, such a huge moment. With, it, was, with it was set up. And yeah. Team, it, yeah. <laughs> Trevor ahead. and Team Underdog uh, immediately celebrating with, of course, Oliveira's patented song Animals by Maroon 5 and uh, a, just just such a great moment that whole entire moment was so special it was so good and it was set up early early on when I said I mean could he pull a Hoist Gracie in this tournament and be the little guy that excels at BJJ and just destroy these people that are so much bigger than him with his submissions yeah. Uh, and, you know, he didn't win the you tournament or go super far, but he absolutely started off as, 
<laughs> it's always Gracie Reborn, for sure. <laughs> I, you then, called it. And I think that's what just, just repeating it over and over again, yeah. um, because it's just, we were, we were watching it. We were watching Hoist Gracie Reborn in yeah, front of our eyes. We couldn't hand out a crow copy for Call of the Year without highlighting the biggest pop in league history. Of course. The inaudible chaos that leads to Let's Motherfucking Go by Trevor. 100 points. Calling out Franklin. Um, the performance from Trev with Diakis beating and Poirier. The, and the post-fight um, celebration from Diakis as, as Trevor is screaming um, to see Diakis breakdancing in the middle of the octagon as all that's happening on, on the chat was just unbelievable. Yeah, and then Franklin saying that Austin threw the fight. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was so many great moments there. Um, it, it is the moment of the year. Hoist Gracie Reborn was the sub of the year. And uh, these sons of bitches, you know, could win an award on its own. So call of the year. Let's see what the Croatian commission has for us. The winner of call of the year. Goes to you, John, for these sons of bitches. I, I mean, oh, it was such an incredible call. Set up, you know, it was really set up very well from AJ when he said these two reptiles just finished tearing each other apart. It was yeah. so good. It was um, so good. Yeah, I think uh, AJ put that ball on a tee for me and, you know, at at and and AJ just does such a great job of calling the time and the round and these two reptiles just fin- fi- finished devouring each other in the middle of the in the middle of the octagon and I couldn't even control myself I had to just I I I I had to talk right over AJ because the emotions were just pouring out of me and uh, what a what a special moment I don't know that we'll have another call like that. Um, you'll have to have a five-round epic fight that went back and forth to even come close. But uh, yeah, honored, honored to uh, to share this crow copy with uh, my fellow uh, broadcast announcer AJ. So very grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And it was back and forth. Remember heading into uh, round five, it was thirty-eight, thirty-eight across the board. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, speaking of epic fights, this is it. Wow. Fight of the year. Wow. Fight of the year. And there's some great candidates. This is unbelievable. Here we go. Fight of the year. The nominees are Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez for the heavyweight championship. Conor McGregor versus Alexander Volkanovsky two for the featherweight championship. Habib Nurmagomedov versus Jorge Masvidal won for the lightweight championship Mortal Kombat match. John Jones versus DC3 for the light heavyweight championship. Joanna Janjacek versus Jessica Andrade for the flyweight championship. Mark Diakis versus Dustin Poirier. TJ Dillashaw versus... Oh, sorry. Versus Mighty Mouse 1. And Dillashaw versus Cejudo 
for the Bantamweight and Flyweight Championship at Tough 2. So we've got a lot there. Let's start with the Dillashaw fights. Yeah, let's start with the Dillashaw fights, man. Um, Dillashaw Mighty Mouse 1, for me, it can't really hang with the rest of the fights on here. It was an amazing fight. Um, Dillashaw really owned most of the fight. It ends in a controversial way. It's one of two no contests in the whole entire season with uh, with Mighty Mouse catching Dillashaw in an arm bar right as the clock struck five minutes. The judge, the judges scored the round, which of course led to the tap from Dillashaw not counting. Um, but it was a crazy fight and it set up a great rematch. And it was a crazy moment for us to have a no contest. So uh, definitely deserves some shine. But the much better Dillashaw fight was TJ versus Henry Cejudo at Tough 2, man. Um, I mean, immediately following that fight, it was, I, I believe that night, you and I and AJ and maybe Austin talked about, you know, what our top five fights would be. And that actually led to the idea of this award show. And for me, I put this fight number two at the time. It was an incredible fight back and forth. TJ and Henry both had a chance to end the fight. Um, I was I was in the booth. Funny thing, I was in the booth and I was on mute for the entire fight. So at the end of it, Franklin goes, wow, I can't believe we didn't have anybody in the booth for that fight. And I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about? I don't know why I was in the booth the entire time by myself. And then still nobody's responding to me. And I look at my headset and see that I was muted. So my bad. You could have had an amazing call there. Um, that, that fell on me and it has led to me checking my headphones whenever I step into the booth now, but Dillashaw Suhudo a tough two, incredible. And the fact that it followed all of the fights, uh, between the two teams before it, uh, in the tough format, it was, it was really great. And of course you, uh, walked away, uh, as a double champion that night with TJ. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the love. Uh, that fight for me, I, I have a handful of fights that I've been a part of. And how could you not have a, a champ champ fight where two titles are on the line towards the top of that list, right? And it was, it was a really, really great fight. I mean, it was a back and forth fight as most of my fights with AJ are. And uh, just from multiple leg events, multiple stuns, uh, ground and pounds where it felt like one dodge missed could have been the end of the fight. Um, and, and TJ found a way to, to get it done against a very tough opponent. Um, again, uh, very, very solid fight. Even, even one of my own being as objective as possible, but let me throw out some of, uh, some of your fights because there's, you're on here quite a bit, my friend. Um, I'd love to start with Joanna versus Andrade. That, to your point, you brought up earlier on the pod, uh, Andrade really at her best and gave Joanna just such a run for her money in that fight. Um, back and forth fight really tested the, the gall of, of the champ and you gutted out a victory in that fight. And uh, it definitely had a lot of variety and um, you got to show off your boxing with Joanna quite a bit, your grappling um, so well done in that fight. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely Joanna's toughest fight. Um, you know, she's got the one blemish on her record to to Thug Rose, but um, 
you know, this fight was the toughest fight um, that I've had with her. And, you know, hats off to, to Franklin for making it so. We got Diakis Poirier. We've already talked about this, right, moment of the year. Been in a bunch of categories. Call of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, just such a it's definitely on this list for the shock factor, right? When you go, when we go, when we, when we take a time machine back to that moment, Austin and Trevor from a skill standpoint, very different, very, very different uh, skill set and skill level at the game. And in the fashion it ended, how quick it ended uh, was, yeah. What do you say? I mean, it wasn't the most technical fight. It didn't have, um, a lot of back and forth in it and meaning like it didn't have a long, it wasn't a long fight, but it did have that, that wow factor that you look for in, in, in fights, especially in a category like this. Yeah, I definitely think it's, it's on here for the moment. I think that's, that's an accurate depiction. So let's say we were ranking these fights. Um, I'll tell you what I'm thinking so far and I'm going to start from the bottom. Um, and then let me know if you're kind of aligning. So if we were ranking these, I would say, at the bottom for me, it's going to be Dillashaw versus Mighty Mouse 1. I'm with um, you on that. N- next up, it would be Diakis Poirier. And then I'm going Joanna versus Andrade. Yeah, I think that's totally reasonable given okay. given given what's here. right? Yeah, I mean, given what's here, for sure. It's pretty incredible. All um, right, let's talk about Lesnar Velasquez, man. Yeah. Yeah, this, One of... so... <laughs> <laughs> one of the craziest one of the craziest um really not a fight that's high profiled or spoken about um yeah i, think, I don't i think, I think it was, was kind of a dark person match. watching yeah only yeah, one I think person it was, was watching this it was kind of a dark match but if you go back and watch that fight um it is one of the most unbelievable fights i've ever seen primarily because we're talking about two behemoths the title's on the line. Brock Lesnar had, keep in mind, this is a Brock Lesnar that originally retired from Brown equals crowns. Okay. Undefeated. He was the, he was the undisputed heavyweight champion. He was undefeated and he, he sails off into the sunset, walks away from the sport. Um, he comes back out of retirement, rejoins the team that really gave him the best run and is head-to-head with Cain Velasquez, who, in the hands of Frank, let's face it, I mean, he put on some world-class performances with Cain Velasquez. He had a great run with Cain. A great especially run during, as heavyweight champ. Yeah, especially during that time frame. Just really well done. It was definitely Frank's best fighter. Um, and you get you, you set up this fight, and you fast-forward through this fight, and you're in round four. And both guys have actually scratched that. Cain Velasquez is pretty solid stamina-wise. Really solid, actually. Brock Lesnar's stamina was the lowest that I've ever seen in this game. I mean, Max, you remember when we sparred with Kimbo Slice? And <laughs> I all was we about tried to say, to do, it was Kimbo all Slice. We, all we tried to do was get our stamina down, and somehow Brock Lesnar had the lowest stamina I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. you're thinking to yourself, how is it even possible? that this guy is going to be able to not only land enough strikes in succession to knock out Cain Velasquez, but just survive to the end of this fight. I mean, one, one strike thrown and he was gassed. And somehow Cain Velasquez 
gets knocked out by Brock Lesnar. Unbelievable fight. I mean, incredible, underrated for sure. In my opinion, one of the most underrated fights in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, what a fight. What a fight. Yeah, Lesnar regaining the belt that he never lost. Lots of story in it. The fact that this was a stand and bang fight, even though on paper it wasn't. It was scheduled and booked as a regular MMA fight, and these guys just decided, no, we're just going to stand here and bang. And it was, uh, it was a great performance. Um, and then let's jump to Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Masvidal won the Mortal Kombat fight. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, just uh, uh, an incredible fight from, from a storytelling standpoint, first and foremost. This was, uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Max, but this is the fight that uh, Jorge Masvidal went in saying, if, if I lose... Um, I'm, I will never fight for the lightweight title again. Is this is this this no, fight? No, no, that was, that the, was the rematch. That was, that the, was the rematch. Fight. Yeah, this was but, just the um, this was after Khabib called out Masvidal. Um, yeah, it just goes to it, show it you how much yeah. how much how much is between these two fighters, right? There were just so history. many moments, so yeah. much history, and you get into the Kumite. You know, they wrap the rope, they get the custom custom gear on, and it starts in such an emphatic way with Masvidal gutting out a TK, uh, you know, a knockout in that three round MMA, definitely one where you felt like Habib at the time just was submitting everyone in his path. And Masvidal gets out to the early lead and you got to feel so good if you're the corporation. And we, I think we all did, you know, in the booth, we felt like we're going to a stand and bang, that's that's the bread and butter right there. And I got to tell you, that second round was such a surprise and so impressed with Eric in that um, the aggression of the boxing, using the front kicks a lot uh, against Masvidal and that stand and bang, a lot of significant strikes, and he, he, he gets it done. And he forces the third round, five-round MMA, uh, and the rest is kind of history. Um, but what a what a war between those two, uh, and definitely fitting for a title to be on the line. Absolutely. So let's go back and address the rankings here for fight of the year, and we'll see if the Croatian Commission agrees with us. But so I've got Dillashaw Mighty Mouse at the bottom, right above that Dikis Poirier, right above that Joanna versus Andrade, right above that I have. Lesnar versus Velasquez. Right above that, I've got Habib Masvidal one, and finally, right above that, I've got Dillashaw versus Cejudo. And then we're yeah, down I, to two. I and then there were two, and then there were two. Um, I'll talk about yours. Uh, actually, no, you talk <laughs> about the Conor McGregor versus Volkanovski two fight. Which for, yeah. what, three months, two, three months was the greatest fight in our league history. Yeah, and, and please chime in as I will do so on, on your fight as well. Uh, but yeah, Connor, Connor versus Volkanovski, uh, NWO Wolfpack versus the Nation of Domination. A lot of history going into this fight. Uh, this was really the... This was really the um, I don't want to say this fight snuck up on the league in terms of the competitiveness, but 
the nation and I had already had a huge trilogy in Gilbert Burns uh, and GSP. And so usually you get one of those in a season and you feel really good about having that epic trilogy and you just move on. But uh, yeah, Volk versus Connor definitely after it was all said and done and the dust settled on that four round fight. Uh, it was, it was the fight of the year for a lot of the season. I think everyone was kind of in agreement with that. There uh, was a huge, just back and forth. Um, the legs on both Connor and Volk were very, very injured, very badly hurt. Um, it seemed like Volk had, uh, and I think your quote from the booth was like a pencil, the tip of a pencil uh, for a lot of the areas, right? His head, his left and right leg, um, everything was kind of gone so much so that a checked kick at one point in the fight um, completely knocked down the other opponent. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was, uh, it was anyone's fight up until the bitter end and um, you know, I've had a lot of fights in this league, Max, and I tend to be a pretty emotional when I, uh, when I don't get the win, but it was hard. It was hard to be upset after being in such a special fight, uh, with, with AJ. I'm definitely, uh, proud to be in that fight with him. And it was, uh, it was a very special fight for sure. Yeah, it was an incredible fight, an incredible moment. It really set the tone for how big a championship fight could be and how, you know, back and forth these fights could be. Um, you know, we'd seen a lot of one-sided fights early on in the year. And, you know, two of the better fight clubs, which at the time, you know, AJ, I think only had maybe one loss on his record. Um, maybe two, one, maybe two losses. That's it. He was like 15 and two or something like that. And, uh, was just not walking away from the octagon with very many losses. And you were working your way back um, to a better record. I believe you were either sub 500 or at 500. And it just made for so much drama um, when Connor won that belt off of Volkanovsky. And then to see the rematch and to see the way it went down, ending in the fourth round, um, which was the longest fight up until Lesnar versus Velasquez showed up. Um, an incredible performance by both of you guys. And like you said, for almost the entire year, it was fight of the year, undisputed. And then there was one. <laughs> we got to talk about it. We just have to talk about it. John Jones versus DC3. We've talked about it uh, a couple of times already throughout these Crow Copy Awards. And it was an incredible fight that had everything. Um, it had back and forth with uh, both fighters winning rounds, exchanging. It had the scorecard. It wasn't just like everybody watching it felt like the fight was close. It was literally 38-38 when the fight ended um, across all three judges' scorecards. It had knockdowns. It had stuns on both sides. It had wobbles on both sides. Um, I was clearly looking for the clinch. DC was throwing, you know, Superman punches and head kicks and all sorts of stuff that was landing and stunning Jones. Um, the takedowns and the submissions with the AC and the lag. 
there are moments where I would go to throw a kick and it would lag and we'd be waiting like a half second to see if the kick was going to land or not. And then it cleared up just enough so that it wasn't, you know, completely lagged out. Um, it is the longest fight in league history. Almost went a complete five-round distance, which we have yet to see in this league yet. And uh, it was a trilogy fight, even though Jones had won both of the first two so convincingly. DC would not be denied. Um, and the run he made late in the year made him the best contender for Jones. And uh, I'm so glad that I picked DC at champion's choice because, um, you know, we wouldn't have had this amazing fight um, that went on paper. And it also had amazing commentary throughout from you and AJ. Um, for me, it's, it's the greatest fight in league history. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm very happy to be a part of it. And like I said earlier, it takes two to tango. This isn't something I can just claim that I, I made the, the greatest fight. I, I needed to have a, a dance partner in there that was willing to that was willing to go toe to toe and and DC and the shield were so uh, shout out to Austin as well. Yeah, if, if I may, just take a moment to uh, to bow down before you and and Austin. Um, think we 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 can certainly try and build the drama. It would it would be a shock if their Croatian commission sided in a different way. Um, very proud of the Connor and Volk fight. I'm very proud of every fight uh, on this list. But when you talk about a complete fight in every part of, from, from the production uh, to the drama inside of the fight, to the back and forth, both fighters had a, having a, a very realistic chance of ending the fight, not once, not twice, not three times, but, really uh, a significant amount of times DC had a chance to end Jones and vice versa. Um, just such an incredible fight. And what makes this fight even more incredible is John Jones defending the heavyweight championship. Actually was, was that Win, you won the heavyweight, heavyweight. you yeah. won the heavyweight championship in a three or four round war against Brock Lesnar. I mean, also a really good fight. <laughs> a, a very, very good fight that could easily be on this list also. Uh, to go from that, I think it was a four-round fight. So essentially fighting nine rounds back-to-back. -back. Um, absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Um, and the fact that it was Night of Champions and you picked, you, you picked DC in a, in a fight that really, at the end of the day, was a trilogy fight that was 0-2 in favor of Jones. Um, shouldn't have had as much drama as it did, but it delivered in every possible way. Um, so well done to you and Austin. Thanks, yes. Um, and Jones putting his undefeated record on the line, it, was, it had everything. It had everything. And the Croatian Commission, uh, they have chosen. I've got it here. Wow. Wow. Winner, don't let, fight of the don't year. Don't let us down. Don't let us down. John Jones versus DC3. It had, it had to be. Had to, it be. had to be. Had to be. Had to be. And uh, I, will take, I will take my first Crow copy. My first Crow copy. Um, Taking it. I will, sh I will share this with the Shield. The Shield now has their second Crow copy of the night. Uh, 
that's three teams that have two. Unbelievable. Um, this is rigged as fuck, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> John Jones, DC3. What an amazing fight. Can't say it enough. Definitely going to look back at that um, while we're on a break and enjoy it. And this is it. We got three awards it. left. This is we it. Two fighter of the years, one fight team of the year. Let's get right to it with the female fighter of the year. The nominees are Zhang Wei Li, 6 0 strawweight champion. Joanna Yunjacek, 9 1 flyweight champion. 9 0 at flyweight. Or sorry, five and zero with flyweight, and of course Chris Cyborg, eleven and zero, the featherweight and bantamweight champion, the only female champ champ. I mean, to me, this isn't really that close. It could have been close, if not for one fight that went down. But, uh, you know, Zhang Weili, great performance, doesn't have enough fights. Um, and honestly, that is not Zhang Weili's fault. You know, she definitely put forth great performances, but the cash-ins are just really intriguing opponents. That opponent was never really there for Zhang Weili in the strawweight division, aside from Joanna, who was constantly busy with the flyweight division. Um, and we're finally getting that fight at Mirko Mania. I can't wait for that. And that could easily maybe surpass Jones DC for fight of the year. But uh, hats off to Zhang Weili. We'll see if the Croatian commission picks her. But, um, you know, to me, she had an incredible performance, but just not quite enough to beat these other two. I agree on that. Okay. Uh, next up, Joanna and Jacek. At nine and one, again, I think, you know, this this category might have been closer had we seen Joanna defeat Thug Rose at Evolution because that would have led to seeing Joanna and Wei Li and maybe we would have had a more definite uh, answer between which of those two is the better fighter because they would have already fought once. Um, and maybe that could have led to a rematch. Like, who knows how things would have been different if Joanna doesn't have that one loss in strawweight. Um very dominant in the flyweight division. Uh, had some big wins over Shevchenko and Andrade. Um, and in the tournament, you know, defeated everybody at flyweight. Amazing fight against you, sir, with Jojo Calderwood, one of the toughest women of all time. Um, but, you know, when you compare the two, Cyborg, Champ Champ, um, undefeated at Bantamweight, in close fights, but undefeated, you know, clearly earned that featherweight championship opportunity um, at champion's choice and then beats the living shit out of Ronda Rousey. Um, or sorry, Misha Tate. Misha Tate didn't even get to fight Rousey, even though that's who she wanted, but beat the living shit out of Misha Tate. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's wrapped up. I think we know the answer. Yeah, I think it's wrapped up too, Max. Uh, you, you called out the Thug Rose um, fight for Joanna, and I think that's the one that, that's the one that definitely stuck out to me. Um, if, if that was a different outcome, we could be having a different conversation. But Cyborg has been dominant all year. Uh, 
again, it's, it's really tough when you consider how good the nation of domination was this year um, and how, how good AJ was in controlling those fighters um, that cyborg was his best fighter, but the numbers don't lie um, undefeated uh, helped, helped him earn his 50th win, which is just such a massive milestone. I, I, I can't imagine this going any other way. She's been dominant from start to finish. And let's see it. The winner, female fighter of the year. Wow. Chris Cyborg. Wow. Wow. Well deserved. Can't say well deserved. anything else about the year she had. So super, super well done. This one I think will be a little more interesting. Uh, male fighter of the year. And the nominees are George St. Pierre, 10 and 2, middleweight champion. T.J. Dillashaw, 6-0-1, Bantamweight uh, and Flyweight champion. Of course, Bantamweight title uh, stripped due to injury, but still has that mark as Bantamweight and is automatically getting a, a, uh, a title fight at Miracle Mania. John Jones, 7-0, heavyweight and light heavyweight champion. And... Connor, Mr. Lad McGregor, 11 and 4, lightweight and welterweight champion. Of course, fighting for his lost featherweight title at Mirko Mania. Wow. These four fighters, man. These four fighters. It, look, it looks like one of us three, is going to win another crow copy. Yeah, three of them, three of them part of the NWO Wolfpack. Cannot commend you enough. Um, this honestly is just the way that it had to be. If you look at the pound for pound rankings and you look at the male fighters in this league and the performances that have been put forth, um, you know, these, these are definitively the best of the best. Um, there are some that just missed out. Um, you know, I think Max Holloway, you want to talk about, you know, one decision, um, changing things. If Max Holloway doesn't lose to Anthony Pettis, and instead of seven and one, he's the eight and zero featherweight champion, could easily be on this list. Um, you think of Habib Nurmagomedov if he doesn't get traded and then killed. Um, you know he was seven and two, took took some tough losses, losing to Gaethje and then losing in tough. But you know there's a chance Eric goes on a nice little run and wins two, three more, and he's ten and two. He could easily have been on this list. Um, you know, I think there are some fighters that are really close. Lesnar, if Lesnar beats John Jones in that fight, he's on this list. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of fighters that are really close, but these are the top four and three of them fight for you. So that's got to feel good. Um, any predictions here? Oh man, it's, it's, it's tough when it's your, uh, when it's, uh, one of your own or three of your own. So it's, it's tough. Um, you know, John, John has had such an amazing year this year and he's kind of fallen victim to the same issue that Wiley fell victim to um, no fault of her own, just with, with bookings being the way they were. And I think what happened um, early on is I don't know that Jones was fully committed to going to heavyweight uh, and 
you, you know, you, you and the corporation tried out a bunch of fighters at heavyweight and it, mm-hmm. and then Jones finally stepped in and said, you know what, I'm, this is bullshit. I'm done. And had Jones and the corporation maybe committed to Jones right out of the gate as he's, he's fighting in both divisions. Maybe, maybe we're looking at a 10 and O John Jones. Maybe we're looking at a 11 and O John Jones Great point. Um, with two titles and this doesn't, this is really not a question anymore, you know, and, and with that, John was also part of the, the greatest fight in season one. Um, and, and that really wasn't a close one either. So it's tough to, it's tough to not, not put Jones right there at the top. Um, what an incredible, incredible year for John Jones uh, may have not had the, the amount of volume that some of the other fighters did. But uh, but yeah, John John was clearly a a force this year. Yeah, um, I think you can't. I think you can't not have a champ champ on this list in TJ Dillashaw. Obviously, he's not currently residing with the bantamweight championship, but he never lost it. But obviously, again, how circumstances could have changed. I imagine. I can't even imagine what would have happened if TJ was in the bantamweight rumble right and picks up all those victories in a double elimination term tournament and we're looking at a 10-0 and 1 Dillashaw I think it's the same kind of point right I think uh, just a couple more victories on on the resume and it looks completely different um, to have that many wins without a loss but I think maybe the same thing that's kind of costing Jones is going to cost Dillashaw ultimately and here here's here's what I'm thinking honestly I think GSP had such a great run in that middleweight gauntlet, absolutely shut out the division, left no answers kind of to be said about the middleweight division, and had just a fantastic performance. But there's only one triple champ, right? And I think even though we look and it's he's got the most losses, there's so much about Conor McGregor this year that has just been fantastic from calling a shot that he's going to win three belts when he had none, right? And it wasn't like he said, I'm going to win three belts after he had two. He had just lost his belt in what at the time was the greatest fight in league history and said, I'm going to get this belt back and then I'm going to win two more. Didn't even reveal to people that he was going to fight at welterweight. GSP somehow comes up hurt. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying somehow comes up hurt after he calls his shot wins the featherweight championship in 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 at the end of the trilogy wins the welterweight championship after it got after it got um vacated by Robbie Lawler and then cashes in the following event on Justin Gaethje, who just obliterated Khabib. It's not like he's he's coming off of a tough a tough win or just just barely earned the title. Obliterated the pound for pound number one fighter in the league, and then gets called out and cashed in on by Conor McGregor, who then wins the title and holds all three titles um, to put himself at his rightful place as a pound for pound number one. Conor McGregor had such an amazing season. You did such a great job with him this year. Um, I only wonder how the season would have looked if 
the way you fight with Connor now is how you fought with Connor in the beginning. When I think of, you know, the loss to Habib, um, the early loss uh, to Volkanovski in the McGregor Volkanovski two fight. And, and the um, Poirier loss too. Yeah. The Poirier loss. When, when you think of those and I mean, there's a chance that if you were fighting at the level you are now, the only loss that you have is to Holloway. Um, so for my money, I, I, I think it's close between all four of these guys. And I think the only thing that really brings it close is the losses that McGregor has. But I think the wins and the highest of highs that he's been on that will be unmatched. There will be no tr- other triple champs in this season, I think, are incredible. And then the Mr. Ladd series, the fact that he built <laughs> that. That's true. They're one of the major storylines of this season just dealt with his personal life. He's not even the forefigure of it. And it is, a, it is involving him. And it led to an unsanctioned match against Jorge Masvidal, one of the biggest fights we'll never get to see officially. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. So uh, I would be surprised, honestly, if Croatian Commission came back with anything. But, but like you said, Jones had a hell of a year. Dillashaw had a hell of a year, and so did GSP. So let's open it up and let's see. Croatian Commission says the male fighter of the year is Mr. Lad, Conor McGregor. There it is. Wow. And he's, he's got a chance to, uh, to walk away and end the season with three belts. You know, he's got, he's yeah. got two big fights. He defends against Gilbert Burns, and he defends the lightweight title against Max Holloway, and he'll also have the chance to take Holloway's featherweight title. Wouldn't it be and something of course, if he finished thirteen and four with three belts? And, um, and of course, and of course, his uh, his love is also going for a title in in Ali Home. So wow, what a, uh, a lot fairy of special, tale story. special. What a fairy tale ending that could be. Um, but yeah, I just. Would love to say thank you to the uh, the commission, the Croatian commission, for their uh, their graciousness, and of course you, Max, and and the whole league. Um, you know, Connor, Mister Lad, early on, one and two fighter to start the year, one and two, wow. and uh, to go eleven and four, uh, and really, um, I don't know if he was two and three or maybe three and three. But it really, he was he was a 500 fighter, and then just rattled off uh, a bunch of wins and made himself the triple champ. So I think um, I think that definitely helped his cause in being the male fighter of the year. So thank you. Absolutely. So uh, hats off to Mr. Ladd winning that award. Hats off to you, man. Um, great job. And let's wrap this up. Fight team of the year. The nominees are the NWO Wolfpack, 43 wins, 14 losses, one no contest, the only triple champ of the league, multiple uh, double champs, the only team uh, with multiple double champs um, held, you know, the middleweight title held the welterweight title, held the lightweight title, held the featherweight title. It's 
held the bantamweight title, held the flyweight title. <laughs> the only titles you didn't hold were the heavyweight, light heavyweight, and the women's titles. And you have the number one contender in the light heavyweight division who will be fighting at Miracle Mania, finally getting his chance. And he's getting a chance to win the light heavy and heavyweight. There's a chance you leave Miracle Mania as the only team to hold every title. Um, I think, you know, when you look at these records and you think about the couple of times this year where you, you know, couldn't attend to fights for a couple of weeks, there's a very good chance that if you add in those two weeks, let's just say six fights, that you're right up there with 50-plus wins, 14 to 15 losses, and just right there with the Nation of Domination and myself uh, in wins and probably even have a better record than I do. And uh, I think you've just done an amazing job. Um, the only reason, like, you don't end up in an award category like most improved is just because really from the beginning where for, you know, maybe a week or so you were like eight, eight and nine, nine and eight, nine and seven, something like that. Since then, more wins than losses every week. So um, hats off to you, my friend. It's been a fantastic season. Great to have you in this league. Super excited for season two. Uh, the next nominee is the corporation, 50 wins, 19 losses. Um, you know, I've held uh, the heavyweight title finally after being uh, Lesnar for it, held the light heavyweight title uh, the entire time. Um, Going to come out and say it, ducked Gustafson, did, had zero interest in that fight. Um, still don't have any interest in it, honestly, but... We're going to see it in Mirkomania. Um, held the middleweight title um, by beating um, – I beat Adesanya for it with Costa and then lost it and regained it with Holland. Um, I think I'm the only, the, only, uh, the only team in the league to lose a title with one fighter and win it with another. Um, and then lost it again with Holland, of course. Uh, held the welterweight title with Masvidal. And uh, never, never did get a hold of that lightweight title, unfortunately. But uh, did win the featherweight title with Max Holloway. Um, very proud of getting Max Holloway on my team. That was a huge moment for me. And uh, so happy to have him as part of the team. Um, Bantamweight title, I, I didn't hold either. Um, Jan is right there in the Bantamweight Rumble. We'll see how that wraps up, see if he can get that match uh, against TJ. And then uh, flyweight title I never held. And, of course, I did held, hold the uh, women's flyweight title. So held a bunch of titles, had a good year, felt really good about it. Just want to get better next year. Um, and speaking about better, I do think that um, the second half of my season compared to the first half, you know, we just put up much better performances. And I think same thing with you. If, if I'm fighting how I'm fighting now against Habib, in our in our two matchups you know do i get submitted i don't i don't think so um yeah you know the losses that i had to gilbert burns with masvidal do i lose those i don't know um i, I feel like i'm a lot better at submitting than when i was and you know to their point i'm i don't get as good as i've gotten which i'm not the best aj to me is still the best but 
I don't get as good as I've gotten at defending them if I don't take those losses and they don't force me to adapt and force me to get better. And uh, I had a great year, though. And then finally, the Nation of Domination. You see it there, 52 wins, just 15 losses. Most of those losses are to the NWO. Um, you know, little a little underrated on the amount of titles that the Nation of Domination has held, honestly. Um, I think about his journey, some of the divisions he's really dominated. He really dominated the heavyweight division, never got the title. You know, it was supposed to be Blades versus Stipe at the Ultimate Fighter. Um, obviously, Stipe couldn't make it. He ended up fighting Lesnar, losing to that one of the two times that AJ was submitted. Um, light heavyweight was by far his worst division, but he did hold the title with Dan Henderson before he retired. Um, middleweight, Boris Chimaev, you know, had some good performances, but never really got any momentum. Uh, welterweight, Gilbert Burns, obviously a ton of momentum late. Uh, didn't start off that way after the back and forth with GSP and then some close victories that weren't really too impressive. And then he obviously goes on the run at the Ultimate Fighter to uh, to win the Ultimate Fighter with Gilbert Burns and now has a chance to win the welterweight title for the first time. Um, dropping down from welterweight, lightweight. He's held the lightweight title with Justin Gaethje, obviously. Uh, just the one, Just the one time. Didn't defend it, but still beat Habib, I think, a lot can be said for there. Um, featherweight title he held, of course, with Volkanovski started off with that belt um, and put forth, you know, one of the greatest trilogies in the league against Mr. Ladd with Volkanovski. Um, dropping down to Bantamweight, he held a Bantamweight title with Cejudo uh, as the first person to beat Jan. Again, first person to beat Khabib, first person to beat Piotr Jan. Um Two tough, tough fighters that uh, that Eric held. Um, flyweight, he didn't hold the flyweight title, but he does have Cejudo there. And um, interesting, interestingly enough, they didn't hold it. Um, and then the women's titles have been the AJ show for the most part, right? Um, Absolutely dominated the bantamweight champ, the bantamweight division the entire year, which earned him the featherweight championship. Hasn't defended that yet, but he will at Mirko Mania against uh, Shevchenko. Um, can't wait for that fight, Cyborg versus Shevchenko. But dominated Bantamweight all year, 11-0. We saw it there with the Female Fighter of the Year. Um, and Zhang Weili, another nominee for Female Fighter of the Year, undefeated at strawweight as well. So um, that's AJ's team, 52-15, the toughest out uh, in the league. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the Croatian Commission says here for Fight Team of the Year. For and sure. the winner um, for Fight Team of the go. Year. Oh, yeah, go ahead. You no, 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 here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. Yeah. Wow. We are the nation of domination. The nation of domination. There it is. There it is. It was close. Wow, it was so close. Unbelievable, dude. Wow. Holy fuck. The Croatian commission. The commission actually sent me the votes here. Unbelievable. There were, wow, there were 13 judges. 13 judges that submitted for Fight Team of the Year. 
the corporation received four votes, the NWO received four votes, and the Nation of Domination received five votes from the oh Croatian Commission. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, and one, we of have the, our first... one of the people were assassinated. <laughs> we have our first fight team of the year. It's well-learned uh, from AJ. I mean, what can you say? He had so many great performances, um, so many divisions that he just couldn't be beaten in, uh, so many fighters that were undefeated. I think a big, a big thing that went into this is the on- he's the only team that has multiple undefeated fighters at this stage that have, you know, actually defended a title. Um, you know, there's a couple of other teams that either haven't fought with a fighter or they're like 1-0. Like, I've got Jones at 7-0, and and then I've got 1-0 Askarov, something like that. But he has Zhang Weili, who defended her belt in a tournament, right? So only 6-0, and but in a tournament setting where her title was on the line each round, defended the belt, did the same thing with Cyborg, plus a bunch of other defenses. Um, and you compare those into some of the massive fights that he's been in this year. McGregor Volkanovsky too, Dillashaw Cejudo. Um, you know, it didn't make fight of the year. I think it originally would have been on the list, but Sterling Sandhagen between me and AJ, mm. what an incredible mm. fight. What an incredible fight. Um, he, I think all throughout the year, the start that he had, let's talk about the start that he had. The fact that he was like 15... 20 and two, something like that. 20 and five, like 30 and eight. <laughs> like he was just dominating us yeah, week after just, week. You just can't a completely enough. on a different, on a different level, really throughout, throughout the um, three quarters of the year, I would say just on a different level. Every time you were paired up, uh, you had a match against AJ, a uh, big sigh, you know, just a big, like, oh, fuck, man, I have to fight AJ. Um, and that that never really went away, and it's a testament to how good AJ is. I mean, he AJ is um, you know, world class on the feet. Wor- the the best best blocker in the entire league, specifically checking kicks. Um, yep. He will make you pay in in the worst way and take a lot of the game away from you with how well he can check kicks. Uh, and AJ is also someone who who does an incredible job of adjusting throughout a fight. Um, something that if, if we go back and look at a lot of our fights together, um, he does a great job of adjusting his game plan and he's never really out of it. And again, we're talking about a fighter who's 52 and 15. Um, just an unbelievable year from, from AJ uh, and is, is so deserving of, uh, of, of this award. I will say the NWO is, uh, is, is super happy to have handed out the majority of those 15 losses uh, to the Nation of Domination. Um, I, think, I think it's certainly why there, was, uh, there, were, there were three fight camps there that could have won that award. Um, but AJ was definitely in a different class throughout the whole year as, as a whole. So uh, can't say enough. Well done, AJ. Um, congratulations on fight camp of the year congratulations to aj and to all of our winners of our tonight man it was a it was a long one it was good um we just finished up part two of uh the crow copy awards 
thank you guys for listening with us. Um, it was a great time. Um, I'm super excited for season two and to, uh, to do this again next year after, you know, a lot more moments and a lot more exciting fights and performances. So, um, same and, and Max, thank you so much as, as the commissioner of this league, you've, you've put together such an incredible league. You've raised the bar. I think it's all made us want to, uh, to do more in our fights and in the booth, um, and it's, it's really your brainchild. It's a testament to uh, your vision for putting this together. And uh, it's been incredible. I know there's a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon for season two uh, with the podcast and the league. So I'm, I'm just so excited to, uh, to wrap this year up with Mirko Mania. Um, we'll be posting the video for Mirko Mania in the Discord. And uh, just, just really grateful for all your work this year and putting it together. Absolutely. And I've got just two more minutes of your time here um, with some news. Obviously, Mirko Mania, the card is posted. There's some incredible fights there. Everybody get your fights in. I'm looking forward to uh, maybe seeing um, some last minute amazing fights, fight of the year type fights. I know Joanna versus Whaley is one everybody wants to see. Mr. Ladd versus Holloway 2 is going to be a banger. Uh, even though I don't want any part of that fight. And then Gustafson finally gets a shot, finally gets a shot after uh, decapitating Dan Henderson to fight John Jones. And he's going to get a chance to fight for both belts. Um, so here we go. <sighs> I got some news, man. This is the final episode of the MCC podcast. No. What? This is... The final episode of the MCC podcast and the first episode of the Fight Forever League podcast. Yeah! Officially, this league is revamped and rebranded. The Croatian Commission has approved our new sponsor. You're all officially a part of the FFL, the Fight Forever League. Um, I'm excited for this new branding. It looks beautiful. Um, they've done a fantastic job with it and uh, more to come on what this means for the league because the league's going to undergo some huge changes next year. I'm so excited to unveil them once we get to season two. We'll talk about that more on next week's podcast, but thank you guys so much for listening to these two great episodes going over the season one awards um, and just a little preview on what's to come. So Thanks again, John. You know, this was uh, obviously quite a bit of your evening that you took to be a part of this, but I couldn't have asked for a better host tonight to hand out some crow copies. And uh, I'm excited for Mirko Mania. And I'm looking forward to being a part of the FFL uh, and especially the, uh, the podcast as well. So thank you, Max, for having me. All right. As always, we'll see you next time.